This is the Veritable Veteran Podcast, bringing truth and exposure to the struggles veterans and their families face post-military. What are you doing? This is my show. Um, not today. It's not. It's our show. Great. Hey everyone, I'm Evan. And I'm Lydia. You are listening to That Veteran and His Wife. Every week I interrupt my husband's podcast and we do a special episode together where we discuss the unique challenges veterans and their spouses encounter. Suit up. It might get weird. Hey guys, welcome back. So, this week was, uh, I guess, it was a little bit interesting. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's yep. the word for it. <laughs> posted a, a short video, or just a reel, it was about 20 seconds, I think, on Instagram, just talking about uh, something Lydia had done for me uh, on Sunday morning. And apparently, I was very wrong for how I said what I said, and she was very wrong for being a controlling psychotic uh, <laughs> wife and something I, yeah. yeah well and it's interesting because when i saw his video i initially was like oh man people are gonna come at evan and attack him because you know they're going to they're gonna be like you know how wrong of you to tell tell wives to do these things and and um, so taking a, a step back real quick it was if you haven't seen the video i was basically i i said you know, I was, I, my first, I started off with, you know, kind of wives take note, like this is good for you to do for your husbands. It's loving, it's helpful. And basically described how I just had a really long week at work. Didn't really want to go to church on Sunday morning cause I was tired. I just want to be lazy and lounge around the house. But we've decided as a family that we're going to church on Sunday mornings. And there's been a couple times that we've decided as a couple, as a family, that we're not going to go for whatever reason, whether someone's not feeling well or if we're going to go out for breakfast and spend some time together as just a family away from church. But that's a joint decision. We don't just decide, you know, one week to another, like, oh, I'm just not going this week because I don't feel like it. Like, no, we've, we've made a commitment to going. One, and two, I'm a life group leader at our church, so I have to be there to lead the life group. I can't just skip out on the morning of. But I was still kind of just feeling sorry for myself and dealing with that. Well, and to be clear, because you only get a certain amount of time uh, on on those videos, he wasn't able to say all of that stuff. (laughs) He wasn't able to say all of that. And so a lot of people read into what he was saying and were trying to fill in the blanks themselves and were, were getting it all wrong, essentially. Yeah. Um, you know, so should I should I actually look up the video and just play it? Like, so then people can hear it and then... Oh, we can. We can do that. Okay, so... So in the video, I, you know, I mean, I, she's going to play it, but I just basically talk about how she was supporting me by... She said... Uh, well, first she brought me some food because I was hungry. 
which always affects people's moods. Uh, I was tired, so she brought me an energy drink. Uh, and then she gave me some ideas and options about how I could have some time alone after church. Okay, so I'll play I'll play the video and um and then then that way you can hear it for yourselves. Wives take note. Uh, my wife just brought me breakfast, uh, an energy drink and gave me the option to come home from church early so I can spend some time alone because I'm feeling overstimulated and I'm tired and uh, I feel like I need a break and she recognized that and Rather than hound me about it, she brought me some food because I was hungry. She brought me an energy drink because I was tired and told me I could come home early. So, And apparently that was the worst thing ever because people assumed that I was having to ask permission from my wife to do things uh, or I was expecting her to do these things for me, which again, it doesn't matter how you say something. Someone's going to take it the wrong way and they're going to be butthurt and mad because you know it's the internet and they're looking for a reason to be butthurt and mad yeah and you know and i initially thought people were going to attack him you know because of his whole you know wives take note and then going into this and we honestly were taken aback when people started attacking me and and we're like, you know, why did he have to ask for permission to yeah. to come home? And, and why did he feel like, you know, like he had to ask for an option? And um, and so so that kind of threw us a little bit. We're like, whoa, that really turned <laughs> um, on itself because we definitely expected people to attack him. And then it ended up being the other way around. And then when I came on and explained that, no. He did not have to ask permission. I came to him recognizing this need and I came to him and suggested, hey, you know, why don't you come home from church early um, and then let's take two separate cars so that you can do that? Because here's the thing. He leads a life group. So he has he has that leadership responsibility. And then I was um, was on the praise team this week. So I had that responsibility. So not going to church wasn't an option, really. So I was coming to him and saying, hey, we can make this work so you can have a long time. Like, we'll just take two separate cars and you can come home after life group. And then I will take care of wrangling the kids and bringing them home after, you know, after the second service and I sing on the praise team. And, um, and that, that got very misconstrued. And um, so that that led us to want to talk about um, the need for um, the mission, the mission of a healthy marriage. And and this goes for anybody, not just veteran couples, but because we are a veteran couple, we have the unique perspective Mm -hmm. experiences, perspective (laughs) <laughs> of of couples we statistically we should not still be married yeah plain and simple statistically we should not be married and so we're here kind of saying we want to share why we are 
And what has helped us have a healthy marriage and why we are in a position today having a healthy marriage. And it has not come easily. <laughs> and that's not to say that our, you know, we have this perfect relationship because we don't. <laughs> we, we, we still argue. We still fight. We still, you know, have childish attitudes towards each other once in a while. And, you know, we... We literally just had marriage counseling today, yeah. guys. So, so you like, know. <laughs> it's, but the point that I think one of the most important... Well, okay. Let me, let me restart that phrase. I know the single most important thing that we have holding us together is our faith in Jesus and our walk with him and keeping him first as a priority in our lives. And again, there's even somebody who got mad at me because I said, you know, why he, he said, why did you feel like you had to ask permission to leave the, the death cult of Christ early or something? And I was like, what are what you talking are you about? Talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good one, dude. You got me the death cult. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, it, it 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 always offends somebody, so I'm over it. But anyway, that's the number one reason. Um, when we started even just talking to each other before we got into a serious, like really deep relationship with each other, before we got engaged, before we really even I don't know, it was early on in our in our relationship, we talked about if we got married and if it was to continue down that road and towards that ultimate goal, divorce was not an option. It was not one of those, well, if we don't like it, we'll just bail out whenever it gets hard. That was never an option for us. So, and in the, the sorry, the Bible talks a lot about leaving your father and mother and joining to your wife and becoming one flesh. And we take the Bible literally, and we take it seriously. Now, obviously, we cannot become one single person. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but when you have a bunch of people that join together, they become a team, and they focus on one goal, and they work together. They help each other towards that goal. And that's what marriage needs to be. It has to be a team effort. You can't just you can't be two individuals going your own way and just happen to live in the same house. It's... It could work for a while, and it may work for a long time, but ultimately, you're still not on the same page. You're not on the same team, working together towards the same goals. So, well, and it's like it's like one guy commented on the video. You know, the the people who got it, the people who understood <laughs> the video. One guy said, "Same team, same goal," and I was like, that just sums it up perfectly. Yeah. I mean, because it's it's like. They, they're, they're asking me, why did I feel the need to ask permission from my wife to do anything? And I, I didn't ask her for permission. I never ask her permission to do something. She doesn't ask me for permission to do something. What we do is we defer to each other and we say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What are your thoughts? Is this going to cause problems? Is this going to put you in a bind? Is it going to be difficult or more difficult? Or am I interrupting something that you told me about six times and I just forgot about again? <laughs> uh, like, you know, what are your expectations for Saturday? Because I, I want to go 
to the gym with my friend or I want to go fishing with the kids or, and then we talk about it. I'm not asking permission. Like if I'm like, Hey, I want to go out with my friends. I'm not like, can I please go out mommy? Like, can I, you know, can I go out with my friends? I'm not asking permission. What I'm saying is what are your expectations for this evening or that evening that I'm talking about? And she does the same thing with me. She's like, I'd like to go out. Okay. Uh, And then we'll, we'll work together through our, mental schedule we just kind of look you know work through it or sometimes we get you know into a physical calendar and look at it and be like yeah i don't have anything going on so that'll be fine i'll take you know i'll take care of the kids and we'll do something for dinner or we'll watch a movie you know whatever we we make plans but we work together so each other can have these times alone and times away and it's called like just deferring to each other and having respect. It's like if I yeah. just walked into the house and was like, "Hey, I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna go fishing tonight." Like I get home from work and I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna go fishing." Bye, and I just leave. And you know, and then he would have been totally oblivious to the fact that like maybe maybe I had had a hard day with the kids, and you know, the last thing I needed is for him to to disappear and then leave me having a hard night with the kids, you know, it's like, it, it, it's recognizing that, you know, your spouse has needs too. And, um, like, you know, that with the whole church thing, you know, not only did, not only did Evan have the responsibility of leading a life group, but he also, he also wasn't going to, going to, um, ask to just straight up stay home because he knows that that would have put, the management of getting all six of our kids in the vehicle to church, you know, to their classes and, and all of that stuff. And then trying to manage all that and then handle my own responsibilities, my own service responsibilities at the church and everything. And, um, and so, so I knew, and, and, and to be clear, he didn't ask to stay home from church. Like he, he was saying he, he was expressing that he was really tired and didn't want to go, but he wasn't saying like, can I just stay home from church or, you know, but it's like, I, I looked at him and I saw, I'm like, okay, like, I know he can't stay home the whole time, you know, because he does have life group. He is, he is serious about his leadership responsibilities, but, but I, you know, wanted to love on him and and find a way to make it so that he could get that alone time. And then that's why I came to to him and I said, Hey, like, you know, maybe we can do this. And, um, but again, it's like, as you know, as the wife, it's, uh, you know, oftentimes we, we wives can, um, we can, because we are, oftentimes the primary go-to person with our children and everything. Um, we really struggle to see when our husbands, you know, have needs and are exhausted. And I am not a hundred percent good at that. (laughs) Um, and this is just like one time that I guess I got it right. (laughs) And, um, and, and I didn't go berate him and be like, how dare you like, um, want to stay home from church, you know, you have responsibilities, blah, blah, blah. And, um, but I have learned, especially through our journey, 
through his PTSD, he doesn't necessarily want me to fix it. Like, he's not asking me to fix it. He's not, you know, sometimes he just needs time to um, work through it. And you want to know what I did when I came home from church early? I went and collected rocks. <laughs> I went into the creek with a bucket and I put rocks in a bucket and made trips to a wagon. Like it's, and I don't say that because I'm like, oh, I want to, you know, punish myself. I'm not punishing myself. I'm simply saying I'm not going home and like sitting on the couch and playing video games. If I wanted to, that'd be, I mean, that's one thing. Like if that's how you decompress, that's fine. But I went, I was, I was decompressing. I went out in the woods. I put my headphones in. I was listening to music and I was able to go out there and just be alone with my rocks I'm, it's just that's just me i he's, like rocks he's obsessed with collecting rocks right so, now <laughs> i'm not collecting them to put them on no, a shelf no. or filling gardens with them but yeah, anyway it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just funny that like it's not like i came home and i don't know you would expect that i'd probably do something different but i was in the woods collecting rocks but anyway the point that we were that i was trying to make was you know like hey wives there's a time and again, you have 20 seconds on this reel. I, I probably should have made it a 30-second reel or whatever. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered. I could have had 30 minutes, and they would have still said it. I did it. They would have still said that I did something wrong. So I'm trying to convey she saw me in the position I was in and saw what I needed and understood why I was in that position and how I am when I get in those positions. So again, that, that's not something you learn overnight. We've been married almost almost 14 years. And we're just barely figuring it out now. We're starting to figure it out. And But the point is, is we make an intentional effort to help each other. And say, okay, I can tell that you are stressed. You're overstimulated. You, you clearly need a break. Why don't you go do something, whatever it is, go get some coffee or go run some errands to the store. Sometimes just going to the store by yourself is enough of a break just to get away from the kids and get away from the noise for a little while. And then I'll take over, you know, handling, I'll handle the kids for a while. Just go. It'll be fine. But we found that when one of us is really struggling, the other tends to not be. And I don't know if that's just God making it that way or if that's just nature. I, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it's just that we found that to be generally the case. And if you are truly in love with somebody and you see that they are, <clears throat> excuse me, hurting or stressed or overstimulated or whatever, and you don't step up to help them, you're not showing them any kind of love or help. And in the back of their minds, they're probably thinking, do they not realize that I am this stressed out or this angry or this anxious or this depressed or whatever it is? Why are they not trying to help me? And I think that's where the root of bitterness gets, you know, it, it, it takes hold mm -hmm. because a lot of times people, I mean, not a lot of times, all the time, people are selfish. Yeah. Well, we are naturally selfish yes. beings. We are <laughs> Look at little kids. They are selfish. You are born selfish. You don't have to be taught how to be selfish. You have to be taught how to share and how to put others first. You have to be shown 
this is how you do that, and then told, this is why you do that. And uh, to be honest, a lot of people don't even get that far. So they're just raised by selfish people, and they become selfish people themselves. And then they get married to another selfish person, and then they wonder why they're not getting any help or, and it's just, it's, it's not, it's not healthy. And my, the whole point of that video was we are a team and we have to understand each other and we have to be able to see each other where we are and then step in to help when it's needed. Like I, I saw the fact, so he had just come off of a four day, five day, sorry, five day work week, which is not normal. Which is five, 12. Well, I'm sorry. It was one eight hour day, but it was an intense eight hour day and then four 12 hour days. And, um, and on top of that, the, his last day of work, he was then told, oh, by the way, you're going to have another day of training. You, you get to have Sunday off, quote unquote, and then you have another day of training on Monday. And but don't worry, you're going to get you're going to make up your days off later. <laughs> and um, but, you know, so I knew he had all of that stress on him and he was tired. He had been working so hard and um, and it's like and I could have come at him and been and been like, what, you don't think I'm tired too? Because honestly, I had just come off of a really crazy work week myself. I own my own business and I had just come off of a very big event and um, for my business and I was exhausted. You know, I had just done like five straight days of relentless work and... Um, so I could have come at him and been like, well, I'm tired too, but I can't, you know, miss, miss out on anything. And, and I'll admit that there ha have been times that I've said that, but again, like I said, you know, it, and like Evan said, it's like after being married for a little, for a while, you start to pick up on what's going to be helpful and what's not, what's going to be not. And, um, you know, and I was like, okay, he's tired. He's hungry and, um, and I, you know, for whatever reason, I had a lot of energy that morning. And so I made him breakfast. I, you know, did, did all of these things and I brought him one of my energy drinks. Okay. So <laughs> to be clear, we have two separate types of energy drinks that we enjoy. And, um, and, <laughs> and, and he's always stealing mine. I enjoy all of them. He enjoys all she of them. She does not enjoy any of them except one. Except for one. And then, and he'll steal mine. And so all that was left of the energy drinks were mine. And I brought him one of mine. <laughs> and <laughs> which was truly an act of love for me because I'm very possessive of my energy drinks <laughs> because they're the only kind I like. <laughs> And, um, and I'm not saying like, oh, I'm just this wonderful wife. You know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's silly to say this, but it was a bit of a sacrifice for me to give, you know, one of my energy drinks up. <laughs> and, um, but it's like, you know, and I wasn't trying to fix the situation. I was trying to come up with a solution and, um, you know, it, it's problem solving and marriage is a lot of problem solving. 
And when you have a problem before you, instead of, you know, we're often telling our kids when, when there is a situation where they're just like, you know, I'm stuck, you know, quote unquote, or, or I, I just don't get this or, you know, they'll be like, I feel so dumb. It's like, well, no, you're not dumb. Come up with a solution. You know, you have a problem before you. What is a solution? How can you work through this? And, um, I mean, you military guys, I mean, you're trained to do that. Military people. <laughs> Figure it out. Figure it out. I feel like that has been our our phrase lately. Yeah. Figure it out. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a podcaster that I love listening to. Her name's Marie For- Forleo. And she always says this phrase that her mom used to always say to her. And she said it just seemed like her mom never would let anything bog her down. Like she would never be upset by anything, like any bad situation that would come her way. And um, and she said her mom's life phrase was, everything is figureoutable. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she now teaches that, you know, to her own kids and her family and... And, and I found myself saying that to our kids, everything is figure outable. And it's true. You cut, you have a problem, you come up with a solution, you don't attack your teammate. Yeah. And in today's culture and society, it's like, well, if we're not getting along perfectly, we must no longer be in love and we should just go our separate ways and we'll be done with it. And then we can find somebody else that we do love and then we'll be happy again and it's it's not it's not true Uh, the grass is not greener on the other side it may be green for a little while but if you don't water it it's not going to stay green so and and that's the you know when we're talking about being one team and you know like the bible says becoming one flesh we took that very Literally, and we had this modeled to us very well. My parents are still married. Her parents are still married. Only one marriage for, you know, both sets of parents. And we don't take that for granted. We realize that we both had a very good example. And I also want to interject something really quickly. We are not saying, like, I feel like it goes without saying, if you're in in an abusive marriage, emotionally, mentally, physically... Because emotional and mental abuse is just as bad as physical abuse, if not worse, because it's, you know, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to say one is worse than the other. I'm just saying, you know, when you've got mental and emotional abuse, it it really messes with you. So we're not saying that if you're in an abusive marriage, then you just need to figure it out. (laughs) Uh, no, no. No, you need to, you need to remove from that situation and get to safety. And, um, we are talking more on the context of like, we're just not getting along. We're just not getting along. We're not, we're not, we don't have the same interests or we don't, uh, we don't agree on everything. And we've had more than one argument in the last couple of weeks, so we must not love each other. Or, you know, it's just there's a big difference between somebody who's in an abusive relationship and people who, quote unquote, fall out of love. Like, I still love you, but I'm not in love with you. I hate that phrase. Like, that thing, that is so stupid. And it, <laughs> it's just like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're not always going to be like, I don't always like everybody. I don't always like 
my wife. I don't always like my kids. Some yeah. days I'm like, I want to throttle all of them. <laughs> like, but I can't, you know, it's just, that's illegal. Because I would that, go to prison. Because that, that is abuse. And, yeah. you know, but it's like, you, there are times when you are not going to like your spouse or you're not going to like your kids, but you still love them. Yeah. You and know, that's deep down. You still love them. Yeah. And, like when I was saying, you know, we, we take these things, you know, more literally than, than I guess, I guess most people do. Like just an example, we don't have separate bank accounts. The money we make that I make from work and she makes from her business, it goes into one account and that's our account. That's our, our money. I don't have my own money. Now for a time when we were doing these, we were doing the envelope system and Dave Ramsey's uh, I can't remember what it's called, but anyway, we were doing his envelope system. We had financial freedom or yeah, something like that. We had the envelopes of like our fun money or yeah. our, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, money that was just for you to spend. And that was different. That was like, okay, each month you get this much money and you can spend it on whatever you want. Um, so we haven't done that in a while, but that was really as close as we came to having our quote unquote own money. It's, our money it's our family you know we we don't have our like individual cars they was like well this is my car and that's your car we have our cars we have a van and we have a truck now granted one of us drives one more than the other yeah. and you know and it's like but it's not one of those things where it's like hey uh is it okay if i use your truck today because i need to do this or um you know i need your permission to drive your truck no, it's like, hey, I need to use the truck today. Okay. Like, I, I'm not doing anything or I don't need it. Or, oh, actually, I need it. Can we, you know, can we use the van instead or whatever? We figure it out together. What I'm saying is we don't have these individual possessions that are, that are you know, like mine. Now, and that's going to ruffle so many feathers. I, oh I can't word. even believe it. Like, people know. are going to lose their minds when they hear that. <laughs> like, I can't believe you said that. But it's true. It's, we are one team we are one flesh we're one entity that god has put together to lead this family and to grow this family and to to lead this life and if we're not working together and 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 so let's let's just think about it like this like when we come together and you start you know when you get with somebody that you're 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 dating or you are engaged to or whatever and in the back of your mind is this this out of you know well if i don't really love this person i can always get a divorce if i don't love them i can always leave and we can start i can start over with somebody else you're already you're automatically setting yourself up for failure if you've got this idea of i'm going to have i'm going to have them sign a prenup that way if we went if we get a divorce and what you're really saying is when we get a divorce, they won't be able to take all my money. Okay, well, again, you're setting yourself up for failure because you're just giving yourself this out. And then you get, you know, say then you get married and you're like, well, I have my money and they have their money. And again, you're keeping yourselves separate. And I can understand people have been burned yeah. by other people. Like they've tried that and they're like my my spouse, you know, she took all my money or he he took all my my, my car and everything else and they just they you know left me and put me in a you know, a bind and every and, and you know they really screwed me over. I get that. 
I'm, I'm not taking away from that at all. What I'm saying is we have to work together at being a team, at being one entity on the same page with the same goal in mind, working towards that goal together and then picking up the slack where it's needed for each other. And it's not easy because there's days that I'm tired and I just want to go to bed or I want to lay down or go wander off into the woods and collect rocks, but I can't because I need to go do something with the kids or she needs me to help her with X, Y, and Z, whatever it is. I mean, the Bible talks about loving, you know, husbands loving your wives as Christ loved the church and putting others' needs before your own and sacrificing yourself for for other people and the hardest sometimes the hardest thing to do is not this grand gesture the hardest thing to do is i'll change the diaper i'll take out the trash i'll make dinner i'll do the dishes i'll go sit with the kids while you go do whatever you need to do drink a cup of coffee by yourself for 20 minutes whatever it is it's just these it's the little daily mundane things that they add up. They add up in a they can add up in a bad way or they can add up in a really good way. Because if every time one of these little mundane things comes up, you're like, "Oh, I'm not going to do that because I that's not my job." And then eventually it's going to turn it's going to be a huge pile of mundane things that are a huge pile of resentment mm-hmm. that is going to take a long time to work through. But if you just chip away at it with, okay, she's been doing this for a little while. I need to do this. Get up, do it for a little bit, take charge for a little while, and then, you know, maybe it'll it'll flip back here soon. It's just too many people today have this idea of I'm my own person. I'm going to do what I want to do. And if this person wants to come along with me, then that's fine. That's great. Like, then they can be there and they can come along for the ride rather than we are two people being meshed into one and we're going to do this life as one and that's how god intended marriage to be and i mean that's and if that offends you sorry you don't have to listen to my podcast it's my podcast i can say what i want so that's just that's that's how it is and that's one of the the that's the reason we're still together and i you know i wanted to 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 add something to this in, in the effect of um now yes you like you know he was talking about the scriptures that talk about putting others before yourself and everything but the, it's impossible impossible to pour from an empty cup And that's why being a team is so important. You know, when you, so think of two glasses full, two glasses half full of water. If the one glass is constantly pouring into the other glass, it's going to run out. But if the glasses are taking turns, Pouring into each other. They both stay filled. And that 
is, and if you are both working towards the same goal of helping each other, putting the other's needs before your own, then your needs are met as well. Because when you're taking turns meeting each other's needs, then your needs are met. And um, so it has to be a teamwork situation because you could be you could be stuck in a situation or in a situation where you're like, you know, well, I know that I'm supposed to put others before myself, but if you're not both putting each other before yourselves, one of you is going to burn out fast and hard. And there's going to be massive resentment, massive bitterness. You think of a team, basketball, soccer, football, whatever it is. What happens to that ball Does it stay in the hands of one person the whole game? No. It gets passed from one team member to another. And back and forth, back and forth. And then, you know, you'll have one person drive it home. But if one person held that ball the whole time, they would burn out super fast they wouldn't be able to. They, like, they would always lose. Too. They would always lose. <laughs> they would always lose. Now, there may be sometimes when, you know, the one spouse is is having to take a load, but then the other spouse is on the defense. And, is, and, and, and I don't mean, like, on the defense, like, against their spouse. They're on the defense protecting their spouse from... You know, uh, other things, it's called boundaries. And there are times when you, so this kind of like rolls into another, you know, healthy marriage um, thing that we have had to learn, and, and it's boundaries. And if you don't have boundaries, you know, you can be in a mess and... You know, for us, well, we talked about one of our boundaries. One, when we, one of our boundaries for when we first got married was like divorce is not an option for us. That was a boundary, mm-hmm. and um, and that's not to say that if there was like an affair that you know, well, divorce is not an option. You know, like uh, uh, we understand that. Yeah, that's like, not the point. That's the, not the point. The point is. We were not giving ourselves that option. Right. As just like a, there's two options on the table here. One is a happy, healthy marriage and one is divorce. Like, no, I don't know how you want to think of it, but I mean, divorce is, I guess it's always there, but it's not something we brought up in arguments. We didn't talk about it. It wasn't like a, well, I guess we'll just file for divorce. I've never said that. And, you know, she's never said it either because it's like. We're going to figure it out. Yes. We're we're going to work together and figure it out. And we may be miserable for a time because (laughs) we're just being selfish or we're trying to figure out the best way to do something. And it's just, it's taking time, but we, we both have that confidence in each other knowing that like, that's not the first thing we're going to go to. And that's not even, that's not even the second or third or fourth or fifth thing we're going to go to. Yeah. It's like the very, very, very last thing we would ever consider. 
And there's been times that, you know, I've pushed her to the point of, you know, considering it that it might be necessary or it might be a possibility. But even then it was like... Even then it was more of a separation, not a... You know, and that was, and that was during his time when he was in the deep depths of alcoholism and, and that was me creating a boundary and going, Hey, I'm not going to allow you to hurt our family anymore. And so if we cannot get this figured out, but see, even in that, I kept telling him, I'm not, you know, I'm not just going to leave you we have to get you help and the ultimate goal is to get you better the ultimate goal is to get you out of your alcoholism but if it takes me and the kids leaving to get you to that point then so be it because i had to i have to protect our family but i wasn't telling him i'm divorcing you i was just saying i have to do what's best for our family and um you know, so I, I would say that was probably the closest we've ever gotten to anything mm-hmm. remotely like that. Yeah. And um, and that was just more of a, I, I'm setting a boundary and, and we're going to have to do what's protecting our family. But, um, but also, you know, boundaries in a healthy marriage are making sure that you are protecting the sanctity of your marriage. Um, another thing that we we had decided on, even while we were dating, was... We would not, you know, text people of the opposite sex. Um, We would not, you know, text or, you know, exchange conversations. Um, Like extended conversations. Like extended conversations. Like like we would not be, we would not have like deep friendships with people of the opposite sex because that's just, that was just to protect our marriage. And, um, And especially... Because of infidelity just seeming to be high and massive in the military, that was that was another reason that we just we felt the need to put that boundary, that boundary there. Yeah, and everybody's like, "Well, we're just friends, and it's, it's fine." It's like, yeah, but where do you think most affairs and infidelity comes from? It doesn't come from two strangers bumping into each other at Walmart. Not it comes from. I mean, it might, but it comes generally from people who know each other and have developed a relationship and it's just and it's not that i you know i can't talk to women or she can't talk to men that's not the point the point is is she doesn't have a relationship with any with any other man i don't have a relationship with any other woman outside of i work with these people or they go to our church and I deal with them, you know, because I don't know, in the nursery or they're in our life group. And, you know, I, I talk to them there and, you know, things like that. It's, there's just that boundary of, I'm not gonna go get coffee with a woman. I'm not gonna go to a woman's house without Lydia being with me or her husband being there, you know, the other lady's husband or something. It's just, we're, I'm not going to put myself in that situation. And she's agreed the same thing. And that's not to say that we don't trust each other, that we didn't put that in place because we don't trust each other. That is 
that is a, hey, we're going to protect the sanctity of our marriage in all ways. And this is one of those ways that we want to do that because it, you know, prevents, it, well, one, it just prevents people from talking, yeah, you know, and, and it maintains our honor. Yeah. And it, it, it just prevents anything, the illusion of yeah. uh, infidelity or just even the, the idea of it. You know, it's like I, there's been several times that there, you know, it's like, can I get a ride or, you know, should I get in a car with this, you know, female or, you know, a male or whoever. And I, I, I screwed that up once and, you know, I, I felt like I was doing somebody a favor and I, I shouldn't have done it. Um, but we, you know, we talked about it and worked through it and nothing happened. It was just, it was a ride you know, for work. But again, I violated that trust and that boundary. And it just, it was, it wasn't a good decision on my part, but that's just because the devil is extremely crafty and extremely manipulative and will hit you when you're least expecting it and where you're least expecting it. And if you put up these boundaries beforehand when you get in that situation, you can just be like, Oh no, I, 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 I can't, do that and it's not because my wife is a control freak or anything else it's no i made a decision <laughs> well, apparently i am <laughs> i made a decision with her and we, we both decided we weren't going to do this and that's why i'm not going to do you know x y and z so and that again it's just it's a boundary that we talked about and we agreed to and it's it served us very well because we don't have these issues of why are you talking to this person why are you calling this person why are you whatever because we just we just don't yeah um you know and if for any reason you know we need to talk to somebody you know of the opposite sex because of because of work or church we tell each other you know we're just like hey i need to um i need to call so and so or I need to like talk to our pastor about, you know, such and such meeting. And I mean, and it's just, it's very open and it's like, oh, okay, you know, no problem. And we are just open about that. Um, we also, we also know each other's phone passwords and. Yeah. And, mind blowing. <laughs> and, and, it, and it's not, and it's not because we want to be able to check each other's phones. No, it is a, hey, I have nothing to hide from you. Yeah. Like, I have nothing to hide from you. And um, and we use each other's phones all the time. Like, mm -hmm. we, you know, it's like, yeah. because it's his phone might be in a different room and he's like, he, he grabs my phone to, to look something up or whatever. There's, there's no, like, there's, it just, it allows for this just open communication. And, you know, there's no room for mistrust. And I just realized something. What? We're socialists. <laughs> we have no we have no property. Oh my god. It's all communal. <laughs> we have no money. It's all communal. We're communists. Yeah, you know, I, I I was thinking when you were talking about the whole like, you know, joint accounts, I'm like, oh great, we're gonna have people being like, Oh, I see, you know, you think we should just share everything and yes, yes, share yes. and hold hands and yeah. sing and no. Um, again, going back to the fact of 
like when you're married, you become one. And when you become one, everything is one, you know? And um, that just, that sounds like, sounded really like woo woo, right? We are all one. We are one. One of us. (laughs) One of us. Oh, my word, we are spiraling. Uh, uh, yeah, so the socialist marriage. That's what we'll call that, it. Yeah, that's the title. The that's the title. Marriage. That's the title. Oh my word. Do you know how many people would listen to this episode? They would, be, they, they would, they would come like, in spears sharpened and torches lit, ready yeah. to just run us. And then your podcast would just shut town. down. Yeah, and, then, <laughs> and be like, uh, hey, hold on. Yeah. How about you listen to the episode? Kind of like, how about you guys read the captions of the videos before you like come throwing spears? And, yeah. Um, uh, anyway, wow, we just like rabbit trailed, rabbit trailed really badly. Yeah, but I, the point of all of this is when people get married today and it's been modeled to them by maybe by their parents or their friends' parents or their grandparents or whoever, it's, it's an epidemic, the divorce rate in our country yeah. and the devaluation of the family unit. And, and we, I'm going to tell you right now, um, studies have found that the divorce rate among Christians is equal to the divorce rate among non-Christians. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's because of where we are at in our country, where if you think about it, we are constantly being fed these messages of me, me, me. I have to do what's best for me. I have to do what's best for my health. I have to do what's best for... And that's not to say that you should not take care of yourself. You, Like I said, you cannot fill from... You cannot pour from an empty cup. But when you're constantly trying to do what's best for yourself, somebody is going to... Um, you know, somebody's going to pay suffer. for it. Yeah. Somebody's going to pay for it because it's like, you know, whenever we were going through premarital counseling and we've been through different marriage courses, they talk about making deposits and making withdrawals. You know, if you, if you have a bank account and you just keep making withdrawals, eventually you're going to run out of money. You have to make deposits to keep the balance up. And it's the same thing in marriage. It's the same thing in any relationship. Whether it's a friendship or a relationship, a marriage or a, you know, a coworker, you know, whatever. If you just constantly take, 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 and you're always making withdrawals, eventually the the account's going to get closed and you're just going to, that relationship's going to end because there's nothing left to give. But if you are making a withdrawal and then making a deposit, then making a couple withdrawals, making a couple deposits, doing something for them picking up the slack, doing something that's not expected of you, but because you realize, hey, I I can do this because I am in a place where I'm ready, I'm able, I'm mentally and physically well enough to do this. Let me do it because I can see that you're not for whatever reason. And that's not to say that you can, you know, just, well, I'm not feeling it today. So you just pick up the slack for me. No, like you, you both have to be adults. You both have to be there and ready and willing to do the work. But there's still going to be times when one of you is is just lacking in whatever area and the other one can pick up and and cover for you. And that's that's marriage. That's life. And that's how 
that's how it's intended to be. It's not intended to be, this is your job and this is my job and never the two shall meet. Like I will never do your job and you'll never do mine. That's not, that's not helpful. I mean, there's certain things that I do that Lydia would almost never do. And there's things that she does that I almost never do. I do not enjoy collecting rocks. (laughs) I will not go out in the woods and spend hours collecting rocks to fill our garden. That's just not my thing. Mm. And you know what? He doesn't enjoy making cookies. That's my business, mm. by the way. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to decorate all these cookies. And I was like, I would literally rather take a cheese grater to my forehead <laughs> um, than, than make and decorate cookies. Because, I mean, I'll eat them. And I'll even make them once in a while, sure. Like, I'll, I'll bake some cookies. But, no, there's no way I could do, you know, what she does. But that's, again, that's just marriage. You know, you, you got to pick up where the other lets off. And we, we are two broken people mm-hmm. holding on to each other and you know, holding on to God. And that's where our marriage is at. Like, you know, we, we've we been through oh, the, first, the, first, <laughs> the first year of our marriage. I went through the school of infantry. Um. So I was gone for three months. I was home on the weekends. And then... Then you deployed. Well, I went to... did I did pre-deployment training where I was gone all the time. Then I did the pre-deployment, like the final training exercise. Then I deployed. Spent my first... Our first anniversary was the first day that I got to my patrol base in Afghanistan. So we didn't even get to celebrate our one-year anniversary together. We celebrated on the phone because I called her from the sat phone. And... Then did the whole deployment, came home. Then we we had our our miscarriage. We lost a baby. That is one thing that causes a lot of marriages to end, is losing a child. And I can understand why. It's hard. But rather than going to someone or something else, we went to each other. And we leaned in. And we held on tighter. And then... We had more kids and we had all the other craziness added to our lives. And then I went to become an instructor at the infantry school. And that was a three and a half year just, yeah, domestic deployment. And then during that whole time, I'm struggling with severe postpartum depression and anxiety, borderline postpartum psychosis. So I am not in any, you know, healthy mental state (laughs) during that time. Um, so then, you know, we get sent to California and then I deploy again. And then, you know, so we've got two deployments plus an entire, you know, that, the school of infantry to like a B billet period. Um, and then we've got four kids being born in that time. And then I, and we get out of the military and then we go through all the transition hardships and, you know, so it's not like we've had this rosy you know trouble-free life no one does just saying we have a different perspective than a lot of other people and we've come out the other side healthier and stronger for it and I attribute that to the fact that we went into our marriage saying this you're you're the per you're stuck with me yeah like you're you're (laughs) stuck if you if you do this like you're stuck well, and, and it's funny because we would, we would like, we would 
lovingly joke about that and just say, you know, well, you're stuck with me, you know, and, and it's not, and it's not from like a, a controlling aspect, like you're stuck with me forever. Yeah, you can't get away from <laughs> you me. You can't I'll, get away from I'll me. I'll never I let will, you go. I will follow you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's no. it's saying I'm not going to quit. Yes, and... I'm not going to quit on you. Please yeah. don't quit on me. You're not going to quit on me. And and it's like and and honestly, in the um, the post military transition, and when he was going through his alcoholism, I mean, like we said, that was uh, I the number of times that I just wanted to walk away because I was like, I cannot do this anymore. And, um, and again, there would have been a point where I had it, had it continued and been continued to be bad. I would have had to just for the safety of our family. But, you know, I was like, no, I, I love my husband and I'm going to honor the fact that, you know, we will get through this. He will get through this. We will be fine. And and I clung to the fact that this struggle he was dealing with, this was not my husband. Like, this was not his true character. This was not his true identity. He was going through an identity crisis. And I was like, we have to figure out how to get him back to where he is stable and whole again. And um, like I said, if it took me leaving to make that happen, I was ready and willing to do that. But we went into our marriage with, with the um, aspect of we will always fight for our marriage. We will always fight for each other, no matter how hard. When I was going through my severe postpartum depression anxiety, that's another time when spouses sometimes walk away. Because they're like, I don't know how to help this person. To this day, I tell Evan, I'm still amazed that you never walked away during that point. And I was too tired. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Ah, oh, thanks. <clears throat> you know, but but and he always responds with that wasn't an option. You know, mm. and and it's like he's right. Like it wasn't an option. And again, in, in the same way that through his alcoholism, I was like, we're going to fight for you. We're going to fight to get you healthier. He did the same. He did that for me when I was going through my postpartum depression and anxiety. He was like, I'm going to fight for you. We are going to fight to get you better. And, and we did. And, and I am better. And we did get me to that point. And it's like... I owed, not that I owed him, but, you know, it's like, he did that for me. Why would I not do that for him? And, um, and so we did the same thing. And, and now like he's doing so much better, um, as well. And it's like, you know, people, uh, we, we often, we, we get comments a lot, um, from friends and uh, people, a lot of people who tell me, like, you're just so fortunate to, has, to have a husband who, you know, cares for you and is mindful of you. And, 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 and I'm over here laughing, like, <laughs> if you only knew what I can be like <laughs> and, six days out of the week. You know, and, and same thing. People tell him, like, you know, you have such an amazing wife. And I'm like, bah! 
yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, real amazing. I'm, you know, we're we're both selfish creatures trying to live life, you know, trying yeah. trying to not be selfish, and um, and I know, like, I'll have I'll have people who will say, I'm just so jealous of your marriage, and I'm like, if you knew the hell our marriage has gone through, you would not be saying that, and um, and 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 they only see the they only see the end of the tunnel result. Yeah. And and it's like There's very few people that have been allowed into the well, now there's more cuz we're doing the podcast, yeah. but <laughs> during that time there was very few people that knew what was going on. And you know, it's it was just cuz you don't want to talk about it while you're in it, but Yeah. There was also times that we wouldn't even talk to each other because we just we were kind of we were just at such a point of separation with each other and i was isolating myself so much and i know that's one thing that veterans especially uh they want to just they want to take everything on themselves the husbands especially um they want to take it on and oh i'm the man i have to be able to handle this i'm tough i'm strong i, I don't need i have to be strong for my family and all this other stuff and then their wives are wondering why they're isolating and everything else. It's, it's because they're afraid they can't handle it on their own. So if they just isolate and don't talk about it, then they can keep it hidden. It, it, it's, it's, it doesn't work, but they think it will. I thought it would. Uh, and I, I figured I'll just figure it out eventually. And had I just opened up and said what was really going on inside my head and what I was feeling. And even if I couldn't articulate it very well, I could have articulated it the best that I could to her. And then we could have had a conversation and just basically fumbled our way through it and eventually figured it out. But it's, she's not a mind reader. I'm not a mind reader. No one is a mind reader. So if you're having problems or you're having issues with depression or anxiety or just frustration or overstimulation or sleep problems, anything, whatever it is, you've got to talk mm -hmm. and just openly communicate without a fear, without the fear of being retaliated against or yelled at or whatever you guys have, you've got to be able to communicate with each other well. And we still struggle with that. Yeah. I do because there's times that I just I do not want to talk about whatever's going on in my head or whatever I'm feeling. And I just I want to just be left alone and eventually I may get around to it, but she wants to talk right now. Well, and, and cuz we both process differently. Yes, he and, he is an inward processor, I'm an outward processor, and we've had to we've had to come up with a solution to kind of meet both of our needs. And, and I know we've talked about that before where, you know, we, <laughs> um, we, we do not argue well outwardly because, um, we just end up just end up. You well, know, she gets really emotional and I get really sarcastic. Yes. He gets then, extremely sarcastic. And then, and then we, that makes, and then that makes me even more emotional because yeah. I get very hurt by, you know, I'll get hurt by the sarcasm and, and, yeah. um, and so, so it'll just be this endless cycle. So we have found that the best way for us to, to try to communicate through, through an argument is through texting or letter writing. And, 
I typically what will happen is is I'll I'll start it because I'm the outward processor <laughs> and I will send this like four page long text message and and I say pages you know text messages aren't in pages but it's like this like 400 word long essay you know and um but then but what's nice about texting it or writing it out I can edit it before I send it because <laughs> typically once I've gotten all my frustration out initially then I go back through and I read it and I'm like, ooh, that's harsh. <laughs> like, mm, don't, send that. don't send that. So then I edit it. and um, But then I send it and then I know he's read it. And I know that he is taking time to process. And that allows me to get what I need off my chest. But then he has the time to process through it, do all of his inward processing. And then he can respond. You know, and um, and we have just found that that has been one of the most healthy ways for us to work through work through um, a disagreement and stuff like that. But um, I had something I was I was going to say, and I can't remember. It was it was unrelated, uh, unrelated to this particular yeah, thing. But it's the and the point that I was trying to get to with you know just veterans and the way they isolate themselves and veteran wives from what you know from my experience it, they they don't want to push the envelope with their husbands because they don't want to necessarily set them off or and again that that's not just veteran wives it's that's wives and their husbands may just you know men are just more volatile normally uh and they they kind of they may walk on eggshells sometimes around them but a lot of uh, veterans are they just have a shorter fuse they have um i guess uh a less developed uh i don't and that doesn't really it sounds terrible but it's like it's we're not as good at coping with stress and i think that's which sounds weird because it's like we can be in a high stress situation and be perfectly fine like i could literally be getting shot at and i'm 100% like my heart rate is a little bit elevated and you know I'm like thinking quickly and operating at a peak level and then I'll come home and it's noisy in my house and there's laundry on the floor and dishes in the sink and I feel like my head's about to explode because it's just it's a different kind of stress and I'm having a hard time dealing with it so it's not that we can't handle stress we just don't cope with different kinds of stresses as well as others and we have to understand that and we have to be able to communicate that you can't just say well i just i need a minute and you just leave it's like okay need a minute for what like i've had to get to the point where i'm like i need some time to be alone in the quiet because i mean she's been generally she's at home all day long with the kids and I'll come home and all of a sudden I'm, I'm feeling overstimulated and I tell her, Hey, I need to go somewhere. Like, just give me a minute. She's like, well, don't you think I need to go somewhere? Like I've been here all day long dealing with this. So again, we have to be able to communicate. And sometimes I just have to be like, well, I want to go somewhere and hide, but I can't like, I need, I have to be here right now uh, because she needs me here. And again, that goes with just putting her needs before mine. And I, I don't do that all the time. I try to, but I don't. I'm not perfect, uh, despite what I would love to be able to say. I, I'm, I'm not perfect, <laughs> and I never will be. But 
the fact is, is we both understand that we're both broken people and we're trying to work together to help our children and to help each other through this life. And we understand that we have to do things for each other. And, and I feel like we're kind of reiterating the same things we've talked about, but it's just, I feel that there's so many veterans and their wives and they leave the military and things start getting rough. And then the men will not communicate with their wives what's going on in their head. And their wife thinks that he's gone. Yeah. Like he's just checked out from the relationship. He doesn't love them anymore. He doesn't love his family. He's depressed and the military was all he ever loved, I guess. You know, according to, you know, that's what they're thinking. And in his mind, he's like, I'm failing at everything. I'm losing my family. I've lost my identity. I'm struggling with everything. And it must be because I'm weak and just unable to function in the civilian world or as an adult. And none of those things are true, but those are the things that we hear inside of our own heads. And that's where communication is so important. And and it's one of the biggest struggles. Um, But it's so important because it's because you each you each are living the same life, but you have a completely different narrative running in your head. And you're both assuming what the other person is thinking or feeling. And then you make your own personal decisions based off of what you're assuming about the other person. And um, and we've had to, like I said, we had to relearn how to do married life together. We had to relearn how to communicate. And um, going back to what he was saying about, you know, just communicating your needs. That's one of the biggest things is just communicating your needs. Wives, we cannot expect our husbands to just read our minds and know what we need. Um, You know, they often say like men, men are bigger picture people and women are more um, detail, detail pictured people. And, um, and a lot of times when you're a bigger picture person, you miss the details but in order to get to the bigger picture, you have to have the details. So sometimes we have to express those things. I have had to learn to go, hey, babe, um, I need to go do this. You know, I would you mind, you know, helping? Like tonight, tonight, for example, um, our one daughter asked for me to snuggle her on the couch. Well, I also knew that our baby needed a bath. And I was like, well, I can't do both. And I said, and I told Evan, I said, I said, hey, can you give him a bath so that I can snuggle her? Everybody's needs were met. But I could have just sat there and been like, well, I've got to figure out how to do all of this. And then, and then struggle with resentment of, you know, well, I got to bathe the baby and then, um, and then snuggle, snuggle our daughter and, um, you know, trying, trying to handle it all. And then I'm struggling with resentment towards him because he's not helping and he wouldn't have known. He wouldn't have known that that's what was needed. Like he's not a mind reader and he wouldn't have known that I wanted to give the baby a bath. And he, you know, it's because, because we're not one of those people who, who bathe the baby, bathe the kids every night because, one, you know, trying to save on water bill. And, mm. um, two, it's, it, 
I mean, I'm not going to turn this into a health thing, but it's 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 not good for their skin for them to be bathed every day. But well, anyway, they're that's fine. That, they're, they're fine. They're dirt creatures. <laughs> they're fine. And um, but it's he wouldn't have known that I wanted to give the baby a bath tonight, and that our daughter need wanted snuggles because she came to me asking for snuggles. He didn't hear her say that. He didn't hear her coming. You know, coming to me, and it's and I had to express that. Um. Uh, like other other examples, um, so I struggle with insomnia. Um, I I deal with fibromyalgia. I have you know auto, autoimmune issues and and things like that. And so I deal with chronic pain all the time. And some days are harder than others. And I am in more pain some days than others. And so sometimes that means I am not able to do things as well. And um, there are some mornings I'll wake up and I'll be like letting him know, hey, I had a really horrible bout with insomnia last night and I got like maybe all of like three hours of sleep. And just simply letting him know that he knows, oh, okay, she's she's starting the day off on a very low tank of energy. And um, so... So if, if I'm getting snippy or, you know, uptight, there's grace and, um, and it's not saying, and I'm not giving an excuse being like, oh, by the way, I'm going to be in a bad mood today because I didn't get any sleep. So heads up. Yeah. (laughs) Like, no, I'm just saying, Hey, I didn't get any, I, I didn't get very much sleep. I'm just letting you know. And, um, and then, then he knows, okay, like there's grace. And there, there's, there's days that she'll tell me that, and I'm like, great. And I, my selfishness kicks in, and I'm like, now I'm gonna have to do this and that and the other, and, and I have to catch myself, you know, and and say, what, hey, like, that's not fair. She didn't even get any sleep. If you had been up all night, you would be upset, you would be frustrated, and you would be really cranky because I do not function with with you know, very little sleep. I can for a time, but I start to fall apart pretty quick. Um, so it's like, it's okay for, for me to feel that way, but not for somebody else, right? And, and we have to get past that. And and in the, the last episode of my podcast, or I don't know if it was the last one or not, but it was a recent one. I talk about just positive self-talk. It was the last one. And yeah, and so... A lot of times that comes down to talking to yourself about your spouse and how you actually know your spouse and being like, okay, she's not doing this on purpose. She didn't stay up all night watching TV. She didn't stay up all night drinking. She didn't stay up all night playing video games or whatever. She couldn't sleep uh, and now she's exhausted. And I know that she struggles with that. Okay, so, okay, I know that she's not making this up. I know that she's not doing something that's just like, oh, I'm going to go enjoy myself and then leave my husband with the kids. That's not in her character. And I know that. And I say that to myself. When I start to feel those feelings of resentment coming up, I can say, that's not true. That is an assumption that you're making in your head. That is a lie. And that is not your wife's character. That is not who she is. That is not what you know her or who you know her as. So I can head off those negative thoughts and then I'm like, okay, 
And then I can start moving into the other aspect of what I was talking about is just being grateful and say, I'm so grateful that I have my wife and I'm grateful that, well, she's asleep. I'm, I can be grateful that I have some time to spend with my kids and I can go do something fun with them for a little while. And I can sit and watch a movie or we can go play a game or I can make them breakfast and then we can eat breakfast together. There's always something that you can find to be grateful for and you know to do in a, in a positive light. And a lot of times hearing yourself say that out loud to yourself or at least in your own head and having that positive talk going in your head to yourself, reminding yourself of, yeah, I know this is true. I know that's not true and that's not helpful. My spouse is not like that. They're not doing this on purpose. They didn't say that to hurt me. They didn't do this to to leave me hanging, you know, out to dry. That's because of X, Y, and Z. And you get specific with why those things are happening and why those uh, your spouse is dealing with or doing something the way that they are. And then when you start identifying that, it prevents you from magnifying and blowing things out of proportion. And then, you know, you're like, okay, well, this whole, you know, a lot of times it's like this whole argument could have been fixed if I had done something a little bit differently or recognized that my wife was hungry or she was thirsty or I was hungry or, and I was tired or I was overstimulated because, you know, our four-year-old's running around the house roaring like a dinosaur and has been for the last 30 <laughs> minutes and it's making me want to rip my ears off. You know, it's it's just understanding your spouse and having this positive view of your spouse in your mind. It's like how many times do you hear women and I'm just and, – and men, women and men, it's pretty equal in my experience – talking very poorly about their spouse to other people. Like they'll be sitting there and be like, yeah, my wife did this or my, my husband did that. Like what an idiot. Like they're so dumb. Like he's just a big, you know, moron. He can't even take care of the kids by himself or she's dumb. She got lost and the car ran out of gas because she never filled it up. Oh, what an idiot. And they just, they berate their spouses in front of other people. And I will say that is actually another boundary that we had put in place in the beginning of our marriage mm-hmm. was that we would not talk negatively about each other to other people. Yeah. I mean, we're, that, we, we, we vent to close friends and, and for and, the sake of receiving counsel. Yes. We don't and, just dog on each other. I'm so mad at my, my, my wife because she's, you know, she did this and that and I just can't stand her. No, it's more like, oh my word, like I'm really struggling with this and this and this and she did this and it made me feel this way. And then I'm I'm kind of like, what do you think I should do about this? Like as I'm I'm really struggling or Yeah. like that. We would only yeah. we would, you know, the only time that we would quote unquote talk negatively is um is if we are seeking counsel and we would talk about talk with friends or, you know, people that we trusted who we knew would lead us in a positive direction, who knew that, who had our marriage at um, our, our best, interest, our best at interest at heart and, 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 and who would help protect our marriage for us. But we did sit, we, we said at the beginning, we will not talk negatively about each other 
you know, to, to, we wouldn't complain about each other. Especially to someone of the opposite sex. Yes. Like I would not go to work and find one of my female coworkers and be like, oh my word, you should have heard, you should hear what my wife did yesterday. And she was just being crazy and terrible. And, or, you know, she, you know, Lydia, when she was teaching or working somewhere else, you know, wouldn't go and find one of her male coworkers and be like, oh my (laughs) word, you should hear what my husband did last night. You know, it just, we didn't do that. But a lot of people, they do that. Because they don't have that boundary, and then they open themselves up to all sorts of problems. Yeah. And and it's just, it's dangerous, and if you just, you don't ever allow yourself to even go down that road, then you don't have to worry about it as much, about, you know, getting, developing an emotional relationship with, you know, a person of the opposite sex. Well, and if you allow yourself to complain about your spouse to other people who don't, to to other people who don't have your best interest in mind. And, you know, and if all you're doing is complaining, it it goes back to the whole, what you say, your brain hears, and then you believe in your heart. And the more you say these negative things about your spouse, the more you're planting that seed in your own heart of bitterness and resentment towards your spouse. And the more you're feeding that instead of gaining clarity on what can I do to make it better for our marriage. And, and I feel like we're, we're like starting to walk into a whole separate episode of, so we should probably like <laughs> wrap this up yeah. and, and kind of reiterate, you know, so our main point. So like back to the beginning, you know, the first point is it's, it's cheesy, but um, me is, or <laughs> no, not me. <laughs> we <laughs> is greater than me. And um, we are a team and we are one. It, it, and we're talking about, um, the mission of a healthy marriage. We is always going to be greater than me. And what are you, you are a team. You have to support each other in everything, in every single thing. Because if one person is putting all the effort in, in one area, they're going to get burned out. Yeah. Now there are areas, again, we've talked about it. There's areas that you're going to be better at, like that I'm better at than Lydia's better at. Lydia is better than I am in certain areas. And that's, that is marriage. It's give and take. Uh, and it's, you know, that's, that's just the way it is. But going along with that, we have to be able to communicate to each other and say, uh, I'm not good at this. Would you mind doing this? Or can you help me with this? Or is this something you're good at or you don't mind doing? Because I would really love it if you did it and I didn't have to. Yeah. And then finding something else being like, okay, well I'll, you do that and I'll do this. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you do that and I, you know, or you know, I'll do this and you, you just do this thing. Cause I hate that. And you seem to be pretty good at it like that. And that's how we, we've done. Like, it sounds weird. On a lot of relationships, the, the man handles the finances and handles the bank accounts and paying the bills. I do not handle the paying the bills generally. I pay some of the bills. Lydia pays most of the bills. Out of our yes, money. Out of like, our money. And uh, I'm not together. saying she just she's the one that physically goes on, logs onto the website, pays the bill with our money, and then submits it and she's the yeah. one that does that every month. Like like and I have, you know, I I have laid out what exactly like our bills are when they're due and all of that stuff like i handle our finances on that aspect but you need one at least one person who is the the organized the reason why 
is one, she's more organized than I am. Two, looking at our bank account stresses me out. <laughs> it could be full of money and I'm still stressed. Like it could literally, and I'm serious. It, like I, whenever I have to open up the banking app on my phone, I get anxiety. I hate looking at the account. I, I'm serious. It just puts me in a bad place and I, I really struggle. And that's one thing that I've identified and I'm like, I can't do this. And she does it and she does it really well and she's able to handle it and it doesn't seem to bother her. At least not that she's told me. If it does, she needs to tell me because I, <laughs> I can't read her mind. No. <laughs> so, but what I'm saying is we identify these areas and we work together to, to come up with a solution that's mutually beneficial. And we work with each other. As a team. And we don't ask each other for permission to do things. We don't, you know, I give you permission to do this or I'm giving you my blessing to do this because I'm more important than you and I'm I'm sacrificing to give you permission. No, that's not how that works. No, we honor each other. We honor and defer to each other and say, hey... When I say I've got to talk to my wife, I'm not saying I have to ask permission from my wife. Uh, what I'm saying is I don't want to go with you. No, I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> not what I'm saying. I'm saying I have to talk with her because she's the priority in my life right now and always will be. And I have to ask her, hey, what's going on on this day? Is it going to work if I go to do this with these people or you know, whatever it is? But I'm putting her as a priority and she puts me as a priority and we work to make sure that we keep each other in those positions. That way the other feels honored and loved and respected. And because her time matters, my time matters, my plans matter, her plans matter, her ideas matter, my ideas matter. And we make sure each other understands that as much as we can, you know, because mm -hmm. again, we screw this up about 16 yeah. times a day. We, we're, we have not perfected this, but we are working on it. And um, to essentially just wrap it all, all up in one phrase, like I said from the beginning, I feel like that person who commented on the video commented it so well. Same team, same goal. So we've got one ultimate goal. And God has put you with this person for a reason. And... You can decide to make it work, but until you decide that you're going to make it work and you're going to work together to make it happen, you're going to struggle. And it, you've got to get to a point that you want to work with that person and you put them as a priority and they make you a priority. And then and again, that's how it starts. It will only work if you're working together. And... Um, it's not going to work well if only one person is pouring from a cup and the other person is receiving. So again, this has to be a joint thing. Same team, same goal. So that being said, uh, we, we really hope this helps you help somebody, um, and explains a little bit more about, you know, how we, how we feel and how we do our marriage. And if you guys have, 
questions or thoughts or you want to tell us how wrong we are, you can email <laughs> us, uh, theveritableveteran at gmail.com. And we'll tell you how wrong you are. Yeah, no, and then we can fight to the death. We'll fight. And then, yeah, anyway, not really. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, again, we can talk. You know, we're adults. We can have a healthy disagreement and healthy conversation. If you have something that you'd like to say or ask or talk about, send us a message on Facebook or Instagram or you know, whatever, and just get a hold of us and we'll talk. So we're not above criticism. We're not above being wrong. Um, this is what we've been doing for almost 14 years and, you know, it's working pretty well. And, you know, that doesn't mean that it's perfect because it's not, but, you know, we'd love to hear from you guys. If you have any questions or any content you'd like to, to see on the, or to hear on the show, you know, send us a message and, you know, we're always up for ideas too. So if you've got an idea or something you want to hear about, uh, let us know and we will see you guys next week. All right. Love you guys. Hey everyone. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to hear more content like this, don't forget to subscribe. And please leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. Love you guys.